What's going on, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode of the Palmetto State Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Farrell, formerly of Tiger Illustrated. And here with me today is my co-host, Jackson Fields, currently of Gamecock Central. Today we're going to be talking about what the podcast is, a little bit about ourselves, and why we started the Palmetto State Sports Podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit about myself, but Jackson, can you say hey to everybody? What's up, everybody? That's Jackson Fields. I'm Grant Farrell. We're also with our super producer, Liam Smith. He runs Student Union Sports, and with the help of a lot of others, but he does do it. So my name is Graham Farrell, formerly Johnny Rombos, formerly of Tiger Illustrated. Uh, I've done a lot of things sports-wise in my day. I've written for Student Union. I've written for uh, an SB Nation site. I worked for Tiger Illustrated. I covered Clemson football last season. And uh, I also started connecting sports writers and podcasters, which was something to help kind of push the needle and help sports writers and podcasters get job, connect them, kind of help them get a following but me and Jackson, I'll let Jackson introduce himself. Go ahead, Jackson. Hi, I'm Jackson Fields. I currently am the intern for Gamecock Central. I do part of their newsletter. I do interviews for them. I'll be a sophomore at South Carolina next year. I'm a journalism major. I also write for Student Union. And We actually got connected through Student Union, and yeah. that's kind of how we became friends and decided to start a podcast. And I believe a market that needed a podcast like this. I'm a Clemson alumni. He's a South Carolina student. We both worked for the Rivals pages. We both interned with the Rivals pages for Clemson and South Carolina. And really, there wasn't a market out there that had a South Carolina and a Clemson beat writer style of guys, you know, working together on a podcast, kind of providing you content that treads the line, that you get both sides. You don't just hear one Clemson media person being super biased or one South Carolina media person super biased. You get the best of both worlds. We'll try to be as unbiased as possible. That may not happen at times, but that's what, that's what our goal is. And, you know, another goal is to talk Clemson and South Carolina sports. But we also, down the road, want to interview, you know, athletes that came from South Carolina, beat writers of Clemson, beat writers of South Carolina, you know, radio personalities from South Carolina and Clemson. We want this to be a podcast that kind of connects the state, you know, a statewide podcast. I love South Carolina. I think it's a great state. I think it needs a podcast that kind of brings its athletes to light. You know, there's so many that come from South Carolina that people don't know about. And I, I think the Palmetto Sports, Palmetto State Sports Podcast is something that could kind of be big. And I'm excited to get going with, you know, my co-host Jackson Fields and my producer Liam Smith. So I think that's enough talking about myself and what we're going to do. Uh, the first topic we want to talk about um, is Jordan Birch, who's been kind of uh, the hottest name probably in a long time for a recruiting battle between Clemson and South Carolina. And, I, you know, there's been rumblings both ways. Which way is momentum going? Jackson may know a little bit more than me about this. So, Jackson, I'm going to go ahead and let you take the floor, buddy. Yeah. So, Jordan goes to school um, at Hammond. It's like 10 minutes from my house. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty close. He recently, in the Rivals ranking update, he moved up to, is it number, number three, right? Number three, yep. Yeah, and the number three player in the country. And, you know, it feels like it's a Carolina-Clemson battle. I mean, there's there's been some rumblings about Georgia and LSU, but I think it's honestly going to come down to, to South Carolina and Clemson. And, um, you know, not really many people know, you know, what he's thinking because he plays it pretty close to the vest. Uh, he's got a tight inner circle. It doesn't really – Nobody knows where he's going to visit until he's usually there that weekend. So it's, I mean, he's been to South Carolina 
uh, three or four times, you know, in the past few months. And when was the last time he was at Clemson, uh, Graham? It's been a while. Uh, it's, I think it was, I believe it was January. Or maybe yeah. it was our junior day, or it was, I don't think he came to junior day. No, it was I think January. It, I think I be, right. Yeah, I, I believe it was January. So it's been a really long time since he's been on campus. And I think he's been to Carolina like four, four or five times uh, since then. So initially, people thought it was, uh, it was going to be Clemson all the way, but Carolina sort of made a push here, it seems like. But, you know, nothing's over until he signs on this, in my opinion. Um, I think. Clemson fans were a little too overconfident in the beginning, and I think Carolina fans are getting a little too overconfident now. You know, I will say, I don't think anybody – I would rather be USC right now than any other school when it comes to his recruitment, but that it by no means is over with. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be an interesting recruiting battle down the stretch. I think if Jordan were to commit in the next couple of weeks, it has to be South Carolina. Uh, I mean, he's right there. I, I saw someone say on a message board that – Maybe this was a make-or-break recruit for Will Muschamp. I, I don't necessarily believe that at all, but you, it kind of brings a question. You know, his son is the high school quarterback. Alex Huntley's committed, his teammate. He's in the area. His mom got a position with South Carolina. I mean, that's a pretty – you know, those are a lot of things in Muschamp's corner to not get the guy. And, I mean, he's, a, he's actually the composite number one player in the country. And, I mean, when you move up to number three on rivals, you're behind a generational quarterback, you know, so it's insane to me that he'll pro- he, right now he's trending towards South Carolina. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about that there was maybe an NCAA recruiting violation committed. And that's why he hasn't been to Cle- Clemson's campus in such a long time. And I actually posted that on a message allegedly. board. Allegedly. And it is allegedly. But I, I, why would a guy like that not come to a junior day or anything? When Clemson was his presumed leader, all his high school friends were telling people that he was going to Clemson. I mean, he was basically considered a Clemson lock. And now, you know, he hasn't visited the campus in, you know, what's in January? That's six months. Yeah. So five months. So it's like you want to believe on the side of the recruiting violation. Maybe it happened. Maybe Clemson self-imposed something. It was very minor. Maybe they contacted during a dead period. But, it, I mean, right now it seems like the momentum is obviously in South Carolina's corner, but it seems that something had to have happened, you know, on Clemson's end to kind of shake this thing up. Um, yeah, well, to go back to what you said about some people are saying it's a make-or-break recruit for Will Muschamp, and I don't really buy into that at all. It seems like, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like um, a guy like Jordan – I mean, those two programs are not really remotely close right now if we're being completely honest and I think you'd agree with that too I mean Clemson is right up there with Alabama one and two one a one b you know whatever you want to call it they're right up there as one of the best programs in the country and Carolina just isn't there yet I mean I think Will Muschamp has made a lot of progress but he was left with a pretty bare cupboard and it makes more sense for in my opinion from a football standpoint for Jordan to go to Clemson than Carolina. So these people saying Muschamp has to get him or Muschamp should be fired if he doesn't get him, that's kind of ludicrous to me. I mean, I agree. I don't think that you should get fired for missing on a recruit. I mean, I just think there's a lot in play for this to be a Muschamp guy. Like, people would describe a kid as a Clemson kid, you know, more private, kind of keeps to himself. I mean, to me, it's it's actually stylistic. It's like the campuses. I mean, Clemson's more out in the country – kids who are more quiet the bar scene isn't as crazy like i think guys who maybe like to party a little bit more probably would rather have five points than frat parties all the time not that you don't get both in five points but i think i really do think it comes to the style of the kid like the you know the athlete that's coming out of high school what he wants 
I mean, not too long ago, Clemson uh, – what was his name? He was a five-star offensive lineman. He ended up – Cade Mays. He ended up going to Georgia, and his big reason was Athens, like downtown Athens. Like, Clemson doesn't offer – you know, it's a downtown scene like some of these other bigger universities. You kind of have to understand what you're getting yourself into when you come to Clemson. You're at a football school. You're there for football. It's a family atmosphere, but you're there for football. You know, the parting is kind of like a big second compared to – other schools who have a much better party scene, in my opinion, or, you know, a better going out scene. And I think it comes down to what Jordan Birch wants. It's Jordan Birch. I mean, all the all the needles right now are pointing in the direction of South Carolina. But before this all kind of came down, the NCAA violation or whatever happened, happened. Jordan was kind of considered a quiet kid that might like the atmosphere at Clemson more. And now, you know, no one's really resorted back and talked about that since this has happened. And it just depends. Does Jordan Birch want to go out and party or does he want to kind of be dead set on football? I mean, you're still going to have fun no matter what university you go to, and you're still going to be focused on football 100%. But I think that Clemson's a little bit more like of a town that, like, I mean, I think you can agree with that, though, right? Like, no, it's a, I don't agree with you at all. On that, it's a st- it's I'd a, say it has absolutely nothing to do with it. You don't think the style of recruit, no. the style of kid, the style of athlete. No. How his parents raised him has anything to do with which what school he'd want to go to? Well, I don't think anybody knows how Jordan's parents raised him. I don't think anybody I, even knows what Jordan's thinking, and I don't think that really matters in his recruitment. Well, who better than two experts on the subject to at least give a little bit of what he might be thinking? You know what I'm saying? Nobody knows what he's thinking, but you got two guys who have a little bit more inside info than most of the other people. So right now we're the experts on Jordan Birch recruiting situation, no matter how you want to chalk it up. Yeah, but my point is he doesn't really talk to anybody, keeps it close to the vest. Like I said, he doesn't really tell anybody where he's visiting until he gets there. So, I mean, I honestly, I don't think that the, the, the town scene has anything to do with it. I think, I mean, maybe he wants to be closer to home. Maybe he just doesn't really buy into Dabo's, you know, recruiting pitch. I mean, some kids don't respond well to that. I mean, you know that. I- that's that's what I'm saying. Style of kid. I think there's a super different. But there's a difference style between him program. not responding to Dabo's style of coaching and him. I mean, he, he if he wants to party, he can figure out how to do it at Clemson or South Carolina. I don't I don't think that matters. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. What I'm saying though is when you're in Clemson, it's just a. I, I think it's a little different football. Like it's a football school. That's it. Clemson is a football town. The city is built on football. That is why Clemson is a city, okay, not the university. Clemson football is why that city is a city. Columbia is a huge city. You right, know, South, I'm with you. Take Gamecock but, football out of it. It's a big. It's still a big city. And I, I like I'm saying, I just think there's more to do. I think it depends. I don't think that's what ultimately this recruiting thing is going to come down to with Jordan Burgess recruitment. But I think that's a big part. I think that's a big part of it on a lot of kids is what when they go on a visit and they go to Five Points and they see the bar scene on a recruiting visit to where when they go on a visit to Clemson, you can't get in the bars unless you're 21. You can use a fake, but you almost always get denied downtown Clemson with a fake. So you're going to, you're going to a party, which I'm sur- sure is just as appealing to an 18-year-old, but you got a lively city on one hand and another town that's built on football. I just think stylistically it's a, it's a different approach. And I'm not, like I said, I, I don't think that's what it's going to come down to in Jordan Burgess recruiting by any means, but I, I, I do believe that that's kind of how some recruits are chalked up. Like they see it and they're like, "Oh, this is a great place." They're they're, do, they're two completely different cities. Yeah, I know. I think, I, but I think it matters more for non-football players to, what you're talking about than it does for football players. Like I think most, of the, I mean, most kids who are playing high D one 
football. That's basically their entire life for those for those four years. And it doesn't the outside stuff doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, I know you're right. It does matter with some kids, but Jordan is one of the best players in the country, has a chance to be a first round pick in a few years. I think it's more a football thing or proximity to home thing. But if it's the football thing, what I was saying earlier, it would make more sense for him to go to Clemson, in my opinion, Um, because they're they're just in a different place than Carolina is right now. It's a different stratosphere, which I know you love to hear that from me. I mean, it's true, but you you know you get numb to it. You you make the playoffs four years in a row. It's like you expect, but you expect <laughs> you expect to get a guy like Jordan Birch. I mean, yeah, you expect right. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's my thing, though. What are you? Your two people are selling Jordan Birch right now. One is selling them. He's a generational prospect, which he is, and he's a program changer. One is selling him as. You're a guy that can come in. You'll be a first-round pick. We'll develop you. You'll be just. A, you'll be another guy in our defensive line. While much, you know, that's Dabo's pitch, right? Is that he's going to come in? We've had great success on our defensive line. You know, getting drafted the past couple of years in South Carolina. The years before that had great success as well. But I think it's like, does he want to be a guy that stays home and changes a program, or does he want to be a guy that goes to a school that's already kind of there at the, you know, they're at the highest peak, and he's going to, you know. How much higher can you go after two and right. three seasons? It's like, yeah, no. and, and I get that, but it's, it just depends on, like you said, what type of kid Jordan is. No one really knows. Right. And I think one, one South Carolina angle here is just from a perception standpoint, pulling Zach Pickens last year. And if getting, say they get Jordan this year, that is, that completely changes the perception to a high level recruits from this state, in my opinion, because Pickens was right under Clemson's nose. And T.L. Um, Hannah High School, and he right, he didn't there. he did not want to go to Clemson. Right, and uh, maybe that is the same thing with Jordan. But if Carolina can get those two guys back to back, I think that is really, really, um, what could lead them back into years past where they were winning ten games a year and stuff like that. I agree. Here's the thing: is that there's not a generational recruit in South Carolina every year, and right. that's the thing that Clemson has sort of struggled with: is that they recruit so much out of state. That you're, you guys are still getting South Carolina is still getting players that are good players who are like four stars, th- you know, high three star guys from South Carolina. As is Clemson's passing on them, so it's kind of almost built South Carolina momentum that yo, hey, we're the in-state school. We still take in-state kids. We want to be the school that builds a university out of in-state kids. Whereas Clemson's basically a national, you know, they're a school that goes to every state now. So it's, I think South Carolina has momentum in that sense. Oh yeah, so I. Like in 2018, I think it when Clemson signed Trevor, they signed the top guy from five different states. Um, am I right about that? Yep, you're correct. Yeah, about and that. so I guess what you're saying is like basically kids in the state see that and they're like they don't really want South Carolina kids. They think they can find better, you know, in Alabama and Pennsylvania and Georgia and stuff like that. So yeah, I get what you're saying. So yeah, that, I mean that's yeah that's my whole point is we don't know anything about this recruitment, but technically. If you want to say who's experts on Jordan Burch's recruitment, you'd have to say two guys like us who follow recruiting, who have you know inside sources, seriously, to to the recruitment. So it's like we're kind of the only people that are providing opinion unbiasedly right now. I mean, you know, you get South Carolina websites that are kind of pushing the needle. Oh, it's all South Carolina. You got Clemson websites that are like, oh, it's still Clemson. Like they're making a point, and I get it. It's for the fans, but. When you're a media member, to me, you're supposed to be unbiased and not. I get it. You want to appease the fans, but I think maybe our two sites have the market cornered. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. 
Uh, but that's a lot of Jordan Birch talk. That's a lot. That's more than anybody's talked about Jordan Birch in person in a long time. And I think that's more info that you'll get on Jordan. I seriously, I believe that info you just got on Jordan Birch can you, you you can sit and listen to what you just heard about Jordan Birch and you can contemplate it because that's everything the recruitment's going to come down to. But no, I will say one more thing: the 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 longer this drags on and the longer he waits to commit, I think that would work more in Clemson's favor. If he's if he's going to commit to Carolina, I think it would be before his senior season. Yep. So if he sets a commitment date anytime in the next month, it's South Carolina. I mean, just yeah, don't. I, th- I think so too. That you, he sets a commitment date, which I don't think he will. I think, like you said, he's a private guy. He'll do it on his own terms. He'll commit when he wants to commit. Right. If he doesn't visit Clemson before he sets his commitment date, it's then, over. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah, it's over. But he's a private guy. I don't think that he's going to be like, I'll be announcing this date. I think he'll just pop. I think you'll, you know, you'll see on Twitter, Jordan Birch to here to, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's probably what's going to happen. He doesn't, I, maybe he likes the limelight, but his family's playing it close to the vest. So you right. would assume that he doesn't, correct? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay. Well, and you did get his teammate, Alex Huntley, who's a stud defense, you know, de- defensive tackle, right? Alex yeah, Huntley? yeah, he is. Dude, he's a, um, yeah, he's a 300 pound guy who plays lacrosse. He's he's really athletic for his size. Um, he's a four star. He's top two hundred player, and I think that him and I, what I've read on Gamecock Central, what's been reported, is that they're friends, but they're not like the bestest of friends, and that Huntley's commitment doesn't really Jordan's going to go where he's going to go regardless. That it doesn't really have that much of an impact on him. Now is that a is that a red flag? No. I kidding. think that was the case. I don't oh. I don't think that's a red flag. Um but more talking about more South Carolina guys. Uh, it's it's Wednesday today, it's June nineteenth, but tomorrow's June twentieth, and three South Carolina guys are projected to go in the first round. Guys from the state of South Carolina. You got Zion Williamson, Duke, you got John Morant, Murray State, and you got Nicholas Claxton from Georgia, who at one time was projected to be a first round pick. I'm not sure if he will be. He uh he's an SEC guy, he's from Greenville. He's a freak, freak athlete, tall, long, great defender, very raw offensively, but he could sneak in the first round. You know, NBA loves taking on projects. Everybody in the NBA is drafted off potential after the top 10 picks, even in the top 10. You know, it's all potential based. And as good as Nicholas Claxton is, you know, he's not the superstar that Zion and Ja, you know, are probably going to be in the NBA. You know, they're projected to be the top two picks in the draft. AAU teammates in high school. Uh, both bona fide studs. Uh, ja and Zion. Ja had a chance to go to South Carolina. Zion had a cl- chance to go to Clemson. Uh, we didn't keep the guys in the state, so Jackson, I'll go ahead and let you talk about that. So yeah, um, Ja Morant was scheduled to visit South Carolina, I do believe, uh, the week after he visited Murray State. Murray <clears throat> State was his first visit, and he completely shut it down and committed on the spot. South Carolina never got him on campus. We were the only Power Five team to offer him a scholarship. Um, so you know, maybe if we get the first visit, we're talking about a completely different angle here. Uh, Zion, I mean, he just never really had any interest in going to Carolina, I don't think. Um, but, you know, he was – everybody thought he was going to Clemson, including myself, the night he um, decided to go to Duke. So, um, Graham, yeah. you have any insight on that? <laughs> yeah. Let's just say that I had a source tell me he was going to Clemson. So I wrote an article called Zion to Clemson. I was there covering his commitment. I was I was covering it. I was periscoping it. The article was supposed to go up at 7, which it did, but he did not commit till 7.30. And he says, Duke, 
And I look at my dad and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> here comes some real backlash right here. And I, what I heard is that Brad Brownell thought that he had – he thought he had it in the bag because he had Zion's dad kind of like, yeah, like Zion's coming there. But the key in Zion's recruitment was his mom. Uh and probably I, I would say maybe a little bit more than just, you know, family family stuff. Maybe there was a little cash flow involved. I don't think that's why he went to Duke. But after those reports came out that, you know, Zion was offered cash, I, I, I don't think he I, – I don't think Zion took it. I think Zion's like a good kid. I really do. But I You're do believe – You're so naive. I don't know. I don't, I don't think Zion took it. I'm a Zion Williamson fan. I support our state, so I don't believe it. <laughs> I mean, I am too. I just don't think anybody that good's going to college for free. Yeah, I'd say that's true. I mean, basketball recruiting is a lot more dirty than football recruiting. Yeah, uh, Steve, Steve Smith, a Clemson, a Clemson assistant, was on record, you know, a basketball guy who was let yeah. go like two days later, three days later. Uh, I mean, he said that, you know, we tried, we had funds and stuff, and I, it didn't sound good. It did not sound good, especially if they were throwing funds at Zion and they still didn't land him. Yeah, and I guess another thing – uh, here is that you know, South Carolina and Clemson have never kept top guys in state. Like PJ Dozier was one of the first ones. Like you know, Carolina might have had some cash flow there too um, to get him to stay home, but he did, and you know he was instrumental in that Final Four run. Sundarius um, has said, like he said before, that if North Carolina had offered him, he would have gone there. So I mean. None of these guys don't stay in state, and that's the thing that Carolina fans getting or at the beginning of the season were talking about fire Frank Martin because he doesn't get recruits, and in, like nobody in the history of South Carolina's program has kept the five star, four star guys um, in state. They always go, you know, out of state. Seven, seventh Woods, South right. Car- or he went to North Coming Carolina, but he transferring back to South Carolina. Raymond Felton back in the day was a South Carolina guy. Kevin went to Garnett. North Carolina. Kevin Garnett would have. Well, I always heard that he would have went to South Carolina. Had you know he not declared for the NBA early, but right. I actually O'Neal. <clears throat> Jermaine O'Neal was another big one. But <clears throat> there's a lot of guys. Uh, Christian Brown from this Tevin season. Mack. I mean, Tevin Mack coming he's to Clemson back. now, back in Clemson. But he's so been you at, see, he was at Texas and he was at Alabama before that. Yeah, and well, and you guys held. You guys got Damian Leonard. He's he stayed in state. Back in the day, he was at one time the number three prospect in the country. You know, he dropped. He dro- Damian Leonard dropped out of the top 100, I believe. But he was number three player in the country who I actually guarded back in the day. Gosh, our, our the glory AAU, days. Our AAU teams played each other, and he was pulling up from half court hitting threes. And I thought he was like the next, like, I mean, I thought he was going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. Never panned out. Great guy. See him downtown all the time. But, you know, that's an example of South Carolina keeping a guy in state. But he just, I don't know. He, he never panned out at South Carolina. Um, who else? I was, man, I had somebody else on the tip of my tongue. And I cannot think of who it was. Yeah, you, I mean, you hit that nail on the head also with Christian Brown. Like, I mean, he didn't even finish high school in South Carolina. He didn't like it here so much. That's um, uh, yeah, just an example after example. Guys don't want to stay in South Carolina for basketball. Football is so much different. Like basketball, like if you're planning to go on the, to the NBA, you kind of have to be on like a – you know, you got to be a big player on a big team. Football guys from you know Division three school, Whitewater, Wisconsin, get drafted. Basketball, it's a completely different ball game. It's the same with baseball. Like if you're a good high school baseball player in South Carolina, you go to Carolina or Clemson. Like they basically all do. And it's just not the case with basketball, and it's never been the case. And I don't think there's a coach in the country who could make it the case. 
I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, Frank, well, you know, I, Frank Martin did, you know, he got PJ and Cindarius. Yeah. And he, I mean, and he's figured out ways around it. Like AJ Lawson's from Canada. He's probably going to go in the NBA draft next year. So, I mean, he's, he's recruited around it. You know, he made a final four, you know, he's had a few injuries, but you know, South Carolina projects to be pretty good next year, but he's not, I mean, he didn't get Tevin. He didn't get seventh at first. Um, didn't get Christian, and it's not like it's his fault. They just don't want to stay in state. They don't. I mean, you have better opportunities out of state, in my opinion, when it comes to basketball. So you want to play in the NCAA tournament? You want to go to the NBA? Like you probably don't want to stay in state here. It's just it's a different ball game, basketball to baseball and football. And also another thing about it is like not even just in South Carolina, not a ton of eighteen-year-old kids want to are able to play for Frank Martin. Like it takes a lot to to want to play do like his deal with his coaching style and his playing style it takes like a different kind of kid now is that why zion didn't go to south carolina no no he, are you did you just confirm zion couldn't handle frank martin and that's why he went to duke <laughs> i think he would have been fine here <laughs> yeah i'm I, that zion's probably going to be a stud in the nba you know i think he's in the gym enough he's going to develop a shot it's just a matter of time I think Ja is almost more dead set. Like, I think if you're being safe, you take Ja Morant. If, you know, I, I think Zion has a little bit more bust, like, ability. I don't think he will right. be, but I think that People calling him Blake Griffin. Yeah, like, I, he's way more athletic than Blake Griffin, but Blake Griffin has developed into an unbelievable NBA player. Right. His best if, season of all time this season, you know? But I think if, if Zion is Blake Griffin or has his career, people will be disappointed just yes, because I, of the amount of hype, even though Blake Griffin's an all-star perennially. Is that a word? I don't even know. Um, yeah, a perennial all-star. Yep, he is a perennial all-star. And, um, I mean, I'm with you on the – I think Jaws a safer pick, but I couldn't – I mean, if you pass on Zion and he, like, booms, like, you're getting fired. Like, your job is done. I think well, I, it's like the, David Griffin, like, will not pass on Zion. Yeah, I agree. I think he broke up with us a little bit there, but that's okay. Yeah, it's all good. Okay, here's the thing. Kwame Brown was a can't-miss prospect. Kwame Brown okay. was a can't-miss prospect. Are well, you I'm, comparing a, Zion and Kwame Brown? No, no, but at the time, he was a can't-miss prospect. He came straight from high school. He was a guy that you, no way you can miss on Kwame Brown. The next big thing in the NBA, bust. Big, one of the biggest busts ever. Anthony Bennett is one of the biggest busts ever, but at the same in the same light, that draft class was not good. Like, awesome. top-heavy. Yeah, it's like the top. Like, it turned out. I want to say Giannis might have been in that draft class. Well, he um, no, he was 2015. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I can't remember, but I, I want to say that draft class in the later round, like in the later half of the first round, mid first round, got pretty good. But like it was so bad, top heavy. I mean, Old Depot's an all star now, but in this, I don't know. It's just a thing that you can't, can't miss prospects, so you don't want to take them, but you don't want to go safe either. So if you're New Orleans, you have to take Zion. And Memphis just traded away Mike Conley, so obviously they're dead set on John Morant. It should be an interesting draft tomorrow night. The NBA draft's always interesting. You get Woj bombs the entire time, and there's nothing better than a Woj bomb. Yeah. Okay, you want to hear the top of that draft? It's uh, Anthony Bennett went to Cleveland, and then Oladipo, Otto Porter, who's fine, I guess. Uh, Cody Zeller is awful. Alex Lynn is terrible. Nolan's Noel is not very good. Ben McLemore, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Trey Burke, and then you get C.J. McCollum at 10. And then, yeah, Giannis is 15th. You're right on that. And Dennis Schroeder's 17th. Tony Snow. I mean, yeah, this is just an awful draft class. I go back. I Drake was Draymond in that class? 
No. Mm. It, was, it was, uh, I think he was a year before that. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because he was on the Warriors team. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's one, two good players out of the top 10. So, well, yeah, right. Anthony Dave, Anthony Bennett is one of the biggest busts ever. It, he, no he matter is, who they would have picked, they probably would have busted. Exactly. So that's my point. It's like it didn't matter in that situation. Like people were saying they should have drafted Nerlens at the time and let him sit for a year because he tore his ACL. But, I mean, he turned out to be a huge bust. Yeah. And, I mean, I think tomorrow's draft class is – I mean, I think the top three, Zion, John, RJ, are very clear, and I think they're all going to be very good in the NBA. And then after that, it's it's falling off a cliff. Like I think everybody else has major question marks after that. I love Cam Reddish. I, I love Cam Reddish. I love Cam Reddish. He's a perfect player to put in almost any system. Except he's just for Dukes. What do you, I mean, he's a, th- he's a third option. His whole life he's been a first option. You have to adjust and learn how to play as a third option in offense. And even almost Trey Jones was an option before him. So, you know, Cam Reddish is going from being the number one option his entire life to kind of changing into, like, he was coming off the bench in the tournament for a little while, I believe. I hurt. mean, it's just one of those things that you got – yeah, he, he did. He did get hurt, but he played like the next game. I mean, how hurt was he? I don't know. I'm not gonna question how hurt a guy was until I do. But sounds like you you're know, doing that right now. Well, I, a small amount. I'm just saying that I think that they were they thought Cam Reddish. I don't. I don't think Cam Reddish panned out at Duke. I think he'll be a better NBA player than he was in college. Okay. Well, I fundamentally disagree. I don't <laughs> think Cam Reddish is gonna be good at all. <laughs> that, that is fine. That is fine. You can fundamentally disagree. I understand that completely. Um, let's just go to our last topic though, that maybe we can fundamentally agree on one more topic. It's ace in the hole topic and it's Brett Favre coming back to the NFL. Okay. <laughs> I think it, his account got hacked. I'm pretty positive. His account got hacked. No There's way. No way. This is real. No, no way. way. But here's the thing. If it is real, what would Brett Favre do in the NFL in 2019? What oh. would he be? I mean, I think he would be better than Jameis Winston. Um, or, like, I mean, he's still, like, I think he's, like, the 25th best quarterback in the NFL at age 40, 48 or whatever. Like, there's so many bad quarterbacks that his arm talent alone would just, um, you know, propel him above a few guys. Like, Marcus Mariota, give me give me 48-year-old Brett Favre over Marcus Mariota all day I, long. I, I know. I'm going to give you a hot take here, but I think Tannehill beats out Mariota. I don't think it's a. I don't think it happens the first game of the year. I think Mariota Mariota gets dinged up again, and I think Ryan Tannehill comes in and plays at a pretty high level. Wait, your hot take is that Marcus Mariota is going to get hurt? No, that Ryan Tannehill is going to end up making okay. the playoffs with the Titans. Just making sure. That's yeah, not really a hot take. I mean, Brett um, Favre. Brett Favre. Get, I mean, his arm could still, I think, do well in the league. But if he gets sacked once, like his body is going to fall apart. Like he's, I don't know. He would. He would he still looks good in jeans, so you got to ask the question: When you look good in jeans, you know how much of a man are you? Copper, copper wire, those things that he used to do commercials for, like those are going to get him through the NFL season. I, I still think Brett Favre could have an NFL season where he's serviceable. I think yeah. I think he'd be a serviceable quarterback on a great team. You know, put him in. Uh, let's see who's in. Who's a really great surrounding team? Ah, I don't want to say New Orleans, but New Orleans Minnesota. has a. He's yeah, better he's than like, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'm still high on Kirk Cousins, and I was in Minnesota last week, and I found out every Vikings fan was completely against Kirk Cousins, but I'm still high on Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to be good. But Brett Favre back to Minnesota, I am I think sources are telling me that could happen any day. <laughs> Look, 
let's start the start the hashtag. We'll, yeah. we'll get the Brett Favre to Minnesota campaign going. Hashtag Favre to Minnesota. It's official. It's happening. And I, let's see. He could win twelve games. I I could see him winning a Super Bowl <laughs> with the right guys around him. You're right. I, I agree. So Favre to Minnesota. That's the rumor. That's our sources. And I believe that may be the end of the very first Palmetto State Sports Podcast. I'm with you. Yeah, Jackson, I enjoyed it. Uh, I hope every I hope everybody else enjoyed it. Uh, you know, going along and going throughout the summer, we're gonna try and do a podcast every single week. We're gonna try and get beat writers from other teams, beat writers from South Carolina and Clemson. You know, radio personalities, athletes from the state of South Carolina, basically just people with ties to South Carolina. You know, we want to interviews are. You can listen to me and Jackson talk all day, but at the end of the day. You want to hear what Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has to say. You want to hear what Jawan Evans has to say. You want to hear what Marcus Lattimore has to say. Those are the guys that you want to hear talk. You can love listening to me and Jackson. We're going to give you the best info you can get, but we're going to get you some good interviews as well. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Palmetto State Sports Podcast. I'm Graham Farrell with my co-host Jackson Fields and my super producer Liam Smith, and we are signing off. Make sure to like and subscribe. This will be a weekly thing, and we hope you enjoyed it, fellas. And ladies. Charleston girl in a darkened room, and you don't know her like I do. We took the fire escape to her room and got stone raging blind. Left my money in the trusting hands of them old steel brothers in fast grass band. One day I'm gonna drive up there and give them half my mind. the wine or the coke that makes her sound like her jaw is broke she's working hard to make some sense but she ain't got a dime i wish to god that i could help her out i wish i knew what she was talking about i wish to god that i could get away but i'm way too drunk to drive